Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Hey, friend, Steve here. And Larson. Welcome back to Going In Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you'll be listening to right here at youtube.com forward slash Stephen Larson. And of course, it's Mad Chat. And so, uh, you know, pandemic or no, we are getting these questions in from you our awesome right. friendos uh, over there on the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. Kick in 20 bucks. You can have your video question or your text question answered right here on Matt Chat directly by me and uh, young boy Larson. Oh, yeah, Although, did I say young boy at the head? I don't think I did. Uh, no, Young you boy Larson here. There you go. All right. So uh, I have not even looked at these questions. All right. Well, while all. you do that, uh, I will say uh, today at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, I will be appearing on Part Fun Known's Quizzlemania. Uh, it's an honor to be on the show. Uh, I'm trying to bone up on my wrestling trivia between now and then and uh, in an effort to hopefully not embarrass myself. Um, I want to do well because if I do... I lose the young boy moniker and I gain big red. Yes. And that's all good stuff for old Larson. So uh, check it out. It should be fun nonetheless. Uh, yeah, that's good stuff, man. You get your your, your title and you, if you if you win all that stuff. So I'm, I'm rooting for you. I just want you to – I want you to look, man. Last time I was on WrestleTalk, <laughs> lots of subs. Did well you, for us. Do you win this thing? <laughs> lots Hopefully. of subs. Yeah. Hopefully. Anyways, let's uh, take a look at our first question here. This is a great question here from uh, Jacksonville's number one, Guillaume Halili. Let's see what he has to say. What's up, friendos? This is Jacksonville's number one, Matt Chatter, Guillaume Halili, um, back with another Matt Chat question. It's lunchtime here at work. That's yeah, right. You're still having me coming to work. But I'm thankful because of everyone else's situations. Anyways, uh, my question for this week is... We have WrestleMania out the way, and it was very enjoyable. Firefly Funhouse match was the best thing ever. So, plain and simple, what's next? Where does WWE go from here? With the results of Mania, people who won, the outcomes and everything, what's next? Yeah, uh, let me know. Too sweet, uh, too good. Later, guys. Thank you, Guillaume. Thank you, Guillaume. So, Steve, what's next for the WWE? Why don't you take this one? You wrote down a pretty extensive right. answer here, and then I'll fill in any gaps. Um, it seems like, if reports be to believe, they're going to uh, do a, a group of tapings, three weeks three weeks per, for, worth, perhaps. Um, uh, maybe enough to lead up to... Yeah, it could be enough to lead up to uh, uh, money in bank, money in the bank, should it happen. Um, and that might be where they're going in the near future for the interim between now whenever uh, they can start running uh, arena shows again and if that's the case maybe they'll start focusing on shorter story arcs mm -hmm. where uh you know they have their round of tapings uh they try to tell stories that are for the most part uh confined that could be told in three works with three weeks time in case at the end of those three weeks they have to have some sort of shutdown or suspension of production then you don't have storylines unresolved yeah um uh, i guess from a, from a viewing experience 
from a fan experience, that might be preferable, especially if it is an extended and open-ended uh, hiatus they have to go on. I would think that would, would be preferable. Um, I know uh, you and I both clamor endlessly that WB needs to uh, indulge in more long-form storytelling. I just fear at this particular time, that's not the way to go, given the circumstances. Um, just do three-week stories. I don't expect anything huge to happen because of that, because these stories have to be kind of self-contained per mm -hmm. taping yeah. um, for the most part. So, uh, I, mean, I mean, we saw kind of the lead-up to WrestleMania and the Raw after Mania. Um, they'll give you wrestling. They'll give you some stories. But don't expect anything massive to happen. Don't expect any 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 anything that's going to you know shake the very foundation of WWE in terms of the storytelling aspect of things. Um, you're going to get wrestling on TV. Uh, maybe they'll uh, take an approach similar to what we saw on Raw this week, where they had several matches uh, eat up good chunks of time and 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 let some of the immensely talented men and women on the roster tell stories how they best know how. You know, take the take the let let them uh, not be so micromanaged. I mean, like, I feel like the Aleister Black-Apollo uh, Cruz match on Raw, I mean, I could be completely wrong. I felt like that was something they would have done in the independent ranks, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, and just let the, just let them go out and wrestle. Uh, Self-contained stories, I think that's the way to go. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. Um, I, I I do think that they, just by virtue of the, of necessity, they're, they're taking this week to week, I, I, I would assume, yeah, taping to taping. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. I don't think we're going to see any big changes. I think that they understand that SummerSlam is probably going to be the next time we see big payoffs. And so I think that last, or I'm sorry, the raw on Monday night also gave us an indication as to maybe what we can expect from, you know, uh, on raw anyways, Drew McIntyre, you know, Big Show came out and challenged him, and I thought they had a pretty fun match. Um, and I think that it's going to be more along the lines of instead of a next big opponent, it's going to be a series of challenges, you know, thrown at him. Uh, they are going to have to restructure how they tell their stories to be in, 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 in bite sizes, if you will. Um, so, you know, uh, if that's... I imagine Drew's first slew of, of, of dudes coming after him are going to be, you know, big heels like Bob Lashley probably stands out as somebody who, you know, maybe the, maybe once him and Lana are sort of done with their thing and he's dumped her, uh, he'll, you know, say, hey, I'm I'm refocusing my efforts, give him like a jobber, you know, a match and then, you know, fast track him straight to Drew the following week after he's he's confronted uh, you, you have Drew, you know, beat him in a really, really good match. And there's your three weeks. Um, so I think that there's there, there's any number of ways they can do it. But it's all going to, I'll be honest, it's all going to feel pretty underwhelming, like it kind of has anyways, unless they find a way to, uh, to, to get into a real groove with this form of storytelling. Mm -hmm. I, one thing I would really love for them to do is, is, uh, take it outside. Let the let the wrestlers tell their. You know, we saw this with Kevin Owens, and he said his wife. You know, did this promo. She had a new camera. Let the wrestlers do more of that. I actually really yeah. like. You know, one of my one of my favorite things about ECW TV back in the day is that their promos 
they just used to, you know, they would grab a camera, they'd, they'd do it, you know, like very guerrilla style, very docu style. And I think that works. Like if you can actually add some energy to the show by lending in a sense of urgency, by doing very sort of impromptu promos, you know, not necessarily, hey, I'm gonna do it on my iPhone because those can come off as kind of casual, but like, you know, just grab somebody and have them put a camera on, like a cell phone camera on you and, uh, and you know, get, get a sense of urgency. They did a pretty good job with their promos building up to Mania because mm-hmm. they kept them really tight, you know? Yeah. And yeah. it allowed the, the, the wrestlers to really come into your living room if you're watching it on your, on your screen in your living room. And so uh, I do think there are some things that they can do to sort of strip away some of the BS and mm-hmm. just get to the heart of the matter. And mm-hmm. I think that's an example of one. Um, and then, I, I don't know, man, I kind of feel like they need to light the performance center. If, the, if that's where it's going to be, if that's where it's going to be, light a little bit different. Like, you know, for some of these matches, just put like on spotlight over them. Yeah, I know. And so you get rid of a lot of the BS that just shows that you, nobody's there. Um, I think you can add some drama just by virtue of some dramatic lighting. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's where we're going. That's, that's what's going to be next. It doesn't seem like they're going to take a hiatus. I do wonder if they're lining up some contingency plans if the performance center is not going to be available, yeah. If there are some states, some venues, or some places they have lined up uh, where they can film, uh, because it kind of seems—I get the feeling that at this point it's kind of just like, well, we'll see what we can do week to week. But yeah. they're mass shooting content, so we'll be good for another three weeks or maybe a yeah. month. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that, that's where we're headed to, uh, and and they'll or see if they can patch it together. We might get some episodes that are heavy on uh, on vintage stuff. If we're leading the money in the bank, it wouldn't surprise me if they gave us maybe the first money in the bank, although they'll have to CG out Jericho. Um, well, you can't really do the second or third because CM Punk are in those. Yeah, and then like one of the last ones where Dean won. Yeah. You can't really do that either, so no. maybe they won't. I don't know. I don't know. There's plenty of them. They could show at least one. Uh, show the one Edge one. Oh, that's one Jericho's on. Never mind. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. 
We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now, we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Next, got a question from Doc Hensler. Hey, Stephen Larson, it's your favorite doctor, Doc Hensler, you with my match chat question for the week. So as you can tell, I'm bearing for the apocalypse, a.k.a. the coronavirus. That's why I'm decked head to toe. Uh, but my question for the week is, after watching that John Cena-Bray Wyatt match, uh, that absolutely brought a tear to my eye with how amazing it was, who should Bray Wyatt's next opponent be? Um, it's kind of awesome if they could do something very similar with him and The Undertaker. That's probably my one dream uh, match scenario, but I want to hear what y'all's is. Thanks. Bye. Thank you, Doc Hensler. Hope you're being safe out there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so go ahead. We'll switch things up. You you go first this time. Okay, cool. So uh, assuming assuming he can get back to filming stuff, I think it should be Roman. I think if Roman's gonna take on Braun at SummerSlam, I think it'd be a really fun thing no, to have. Bray's next opponent, man. What's that? Bray's next opponent. Yeah, I know. I said assuming oh, okay. Roman's going to take on Braun at SummerSlam. Oh, sorry. Okay. Then I think that Bray's next opponent should be Roman. Roman would have to get through Bray in order to get to Braun. And yeah, it would necessitate Roman winning uh, perhaps a Firefly Funhouse-style match. But uh, I think it'd be kind of... I think that's that's one match that could be kind of interesting because there hasn't been a lot of change in Roman's character. And so that might be just... His inherent Romanness might be the weakness for the fiend. I mean, the win against Cena was such a huge thing. It was such a massive thing. I think the fiend getting thwarted in his own match by somebody like Roman Reigns, who's hard to figure out. And maybe that can be the thing is like Roman Reigns is just hard to figure out. Vince has been trying to figure him out for a long time. Maybe this is something that the fiend can't figure out. And Roman just sort of wins by virtue of being Roman. Um, and I'm sure there's a very creative way they can go about that. And they can go about it and still make The Fiend look strong uh, and give us another awesome Firefly Funhouse match. I know those probably work better for you know wrestlers who have been for around for a long, long while. And they have a lot of backstory that you can mine. Uh, that being said, I think Roman's journey over the last five years has been a really interesting one. And I think that Bray could get a lot out of that to prepare him to take that title off of Braun. And then once that happens, maybe Bray can come back around, uh, you know, Survivor Series or maybe even next year's WrestleMania if they keep The Fiend doing this interesting stuff. Uh, I'd have Braun be Bray's next opponent, SummerSlam time. Uh, They they correct the mistake they made at, uh, was it Super Showdown? Crown Mm -hmm. Jewel, which one was it? Super Showdown? Mm -hmm. Put that belt back on Bray. And then from SummerSlam to Mania, you can start building up to Roman versus Bray uh, and, and everything you said about the Firefly Funhouse match, if that's the route they go at Mania next year uh, is right. Um, and it'd be interesting to see what kind of angle they take with Roman. There's a lot to get into, maybe not with him in terms of his character, because ever since the, 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 the shield broke up, he's been more or less the same. Mm-hmm. But uh, one thing Bray could at least attempt to get into is how Roman has been utilized uh, the crowd reaction to him, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. That's stuff that's really good to mine. Uh, of course, Braun and Bray, they have their own history. 
Um, there's a lot of good stuff they could probably do there. Uh, and it'd be a shame if they didn't explore that at some point between now and next year's WrestleMania. Yeah, I, I agree with that too. I, that's why I, uh, I, it would be a shame if we don't get Bray versus Braun at some point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, debuting Matt Chatter, Tez. Tez! Let's see what Tez has to say. Welcome to Matt Chat, Tez. Hey, what's up, Stephen Lawson? It's your boy Tez here. Now, uh, we all love heels. Good bad guy makes a good story. Now, the best type of heat, though, is that legitimate heat. But with today's society, it's a little bit PC. Do you think that it's still possible in today's society, with all the lines you got to tread, to really get that legitimate heel heat? Thank you, Tez. Thank you, Tez, and welcome once again to Matt Chat. Yes, Larson, welcome, go ahead. Welcome, welcome. Uh, it's tough to get that legit heel heat. Um, you say you got someone like uh, MJF, who uh, in pretty much any other era would be uh, incredible, believable, uh, universally hated heel. The issue is with him is that he's so dang good at what he does is that people appreciate the work. Mm -hmm. um so yes he can still at moments still get heel heat in the classic sense uh the issue is that people watch him as like gosh this guy is good he's such a good talker yeah he's so good at doing his job i can't help but appreciate how good he is at what he does the inverse of that is you got someone like baron corbin who the crowd boos him but it's not because it's the sense where they want to see the face beat him up although that can be the case sometimes uh it's 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 an issue where he is so annoying uh, at points, uh, he takes away from the show. He's not. He shouldn't be a focal point of any show. Um, and then it's 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 uh, essentially go away heat. People just don't want to see him at points. Um, uh, you know, I don't think you can necessarily say he's solely to blame for the ratings woes when he was commissioner or whatever. There was a lot bad going on on Raw, mm -hmm. uh, even though they publicly uh, pinned the blame on him. Um, that being said, they didn't seem to take that as any sort of notice that maybe people didn't want to see Baron Corbin on their TVs a lot mm -hmm. because throughout this year, uh, he's been in our TVs a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, and yes, Baron can get legit heel heat, but just as much, I feel like it's the go away brand as well. So it, it, it's a tricky situation these days for, for true legit heels to excel at their job just because there's so many, you know, like things they have to transverse to stay kind of true to what a, a classic legit heel really is. I think that it, I don't disagree with anything you said. I do think that there is a, just, a, I, I think it's totally possible and I don't think it's even that difficult necessarily. What I think is there is a smaller window where you have that. And that leads to feuds like, for example, Gargano versus Champa. When Champa uh, turned on Gargano, you know, for a spell, his theme music was "Course of Booze." Yeah, that was great. The problem with that was, by the by, you know, they had to switch him to real music because those "Course of Booze" were started to become just people who actually kind of just appreciated Champa's people, work. Exactly, people were appreciating his work. Same with Cody. Cody at one point was probably the the hottest heel in wrestling, and people realized. Oh, he's really good. Yeah. I'm going to start cheering Cody because he's so dang good. The only legitimate... He, well, the thing about... Yeah, yeah. But the thing about Cody also, he was getting that heat. But then when AEW happened, he had no choice. <laughs> oh, I know. No, I know. Like, I mean, they we love this guy on, because of what he's doing. us. face. Yeah. But, you know, you... <laughs> I don't know if anybody... I don't know if anybody started like... We were both really into Cody. I'm not the, sure how many other people were, though. The pivot point really might have been all in. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before yeah, that, yeah. he was totally heel, heel, heel. That feud with Kenny, heel, heel, heel. And they've really they try they kind of patch things up um, after their match at the Cow Palace. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, his match versus Aldis at All In. No mistaking who the face in that match was. It was Cody. Yeah. Now, so here's the thing, though. I do think that you need, and just like, just like you, you need something. So I'll put it this way: I don't think that you can generate a really great heel sort of in a vacuum. So, like for example, uh, you, you you can't have a guy come in and just start beating up random generic baby faces and expect that to get like real heel heat. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You need a heel to threaten something that is near and dear to the hearts of the fans uh, that, that is long established. So for example, that's why Randy Orton's done such a good job with edge, right? Mm -hmm. That's why Cody, he was basically threatening the fabric of bullet club, you know, Mm -hmm. which was so near and dear and the elite, Um, you know, Brock Lesnar basically threatens the fabric of what we want as WWE fans. You know, Mustafa Ali is about to get the the money in the bank and who comes in the part-timer, you know? And so it it is totally possible. It's just, you have to work out a little bit. You have to be creative with it. And WWE sometimes has a hard time being creative with things. Uh, So yeah. And I do. And I think there's a smaller one because even with Brock, it's like, man, you start kind of appreciate like this year, especially, uh, I've been on a massive appreciate Brock kick because man, I mean, going back even to like his match with Daniel Bryan, uh, you know, when you start to piece together and it doesn't help when Drew McIntyre says things like, man, this guy is doing everything to make me look great. (laughs) You know, know. it's like, you start hearing this stuff. You hear CM Punk call Brock Lesnar, a real sweetheart, a real sweetheart. And it's like, man. And then you see him with like little kids and he's being like Mr. Make-A-Wish guy or he's coaching like special needs kids or something like that. And it's like, man, it's like, oh, crap. Now I'm starting to really appreciate the guy. It's like Brock Lesnar is a real human being after all. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so yeah, I think it's totally possible. But I do think that it's way more difficult now than yeah, it ever yeah. was in the past when half the people thought this stuff was real. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next, I have a question from Matt Field. Take it away, Matt Field. Hello, Stephen Larson, the British barman, Matt Field. Don't worry, I'm not being irresponsible. I'm just doing my one bit of daily exercise before heading back to the house. Um, my match chat question today is, now that WrestleMania is over and done with, and there's rumours of um, them taking a break, do you think they will use this to kind of sit back and rethink their creative strategy in the company in terms of how they push people and what people need to do to get their pushes. Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Hope you're staying safe. Enjoy. Thank you, Matt Field. Steve, go ahead. Uh, I'll be the optimistic one on this. I'm not going to necessarily, they're going to, I don't think that Vince is going to reevaluate how he uh, views wrestling storylines. I think that if anything, he might come back to the idea that the pre-film stuff uh, we've seen that work. Uh, we've seen it basically been, you know, universally praised, be it Firefly Funhouse or the Boneyard match, you know, both of them were wildly successful. And so we might see Vince open up his lens a little bit in terms of how he views pro wrestling. Um, That being said, what he thinks of as a star, what he thinks of as what people want to see in their pro wrestling, how stories should be told. And more, the, the biggest thing is his whims, which can kill a story in a heartbeat. I don't think that will ever change with Vince McMahon, regardless of what happens. 
yeah that's why ultimately i'll say no he might reconsider some some uh, smaller aspects of his overall creative approach but uh, at the end of the day it's all based on his whims um you know uh, paul Heyman could come to him with a brilliant idea and if there's something in there he doesn't like he even paul Heyman's idea he'll shoot down especially if paul Heyman tries to pitch it to him while he's eating um <laughs> i'll look it on the plane yeah um yeah i mean they might look at some of the aspects of what's worked in these performance center shows approach to promos um um uh, realize that maybe uh, their performers as a whole play too much to the crowd sometimes at the expense of the story they're trying to tell um maybe they'll learn some of that stuff but at the end of the day vince is just so seemingly dead set on what his vision of pro wrestling is and needs to be that i don't really see WWE making any wholesale changes that really how they uh, approach their creative at all plus he would see this as uh, a bump in the road as opposed to a learning you know, opportunity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And also like he'll, he'd say, okay, maybe we can do this. And the first time uh, a change in approach fails. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, obviously this, this doesn't work mm-hmm. back to the old way of doing things. Yep. Yep. Uh, you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Next up, we've got a question from the Philly Flexer. Hey guys, your boy Philly Flexer here. Match that question this week. Um, I want to talk about Charlotte Flair and her title win. Of course, um, dominant win of, well, over Rhea. They did kind of bury her a little bit after the, the um, on the interview after all. But my question to y'all is, who should honestly be built up to take the title off of Charlotte? Outside of Rhea Ripley or whatnot, because we all know that, we could, that she could probably just come back around on that one. But I don't really see anybody in NXT right now who I would want to see built up to be Charlotte. Um, EO, Candice... Chauncey Blackheart, maybe? I don't, I don't know. It's just, there's, it's too wide open of a field. So, I want to hear you guys' opinion on it and whatnot. Who else besides Rhea can be built up to be Charlotte? Too sweet. Yeah, too good, me brothers. <laughs> Thank you, Philly Flexer. Thank you, Philly Flexer. I mean, first of all, I think it's going to be Rhea. It's going to be Rhea, they eventually. I feel like the story now is they kind of set up with those vignettes when they had Rhea in the, the empty stadium, and she was already starting to be a bit overwhelmed by it. Uh, uh, the story is at first Rhea is overwhelmed by the magnitude, the scope. Granted, I don't, you know, they had to eventually do it at the performance center where there's not that scope, but it's still WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Um, she's on the, the, the largest stage under the brightest lights, and maybe for the first time, uh, she doesn't know exactly how to handle it. That's kind of how I interpret it, even though she comported herself wonderfully in the match, it wasn't like she was uh, obviously overwhelmed. Uh, against Charlotte. However, Charlotte is battle-tested on the largest stage possible. It has been for many years. So, what I expect to happen 
Charlotte, now that Charlotte's won, come around to SummerSlam or the t- next takeover after that, uh, we get a rematch between Rhea and Charlotte. Rhea then beats Charlotte. Uh, that being said, if it's not Rhea, uh, they seem very high on Tegan Knox. He was supposed to win the second Mae Young Classic uh, before she injured her knee. Um, by the time Charlotte may be ready to drop the NXT title, uh, I would assume Tegan and Dakota Kai would be over with their feud. And hopefully if that's booked well, Tegan will come out of that with a ton of momentum. Um, and uh, I could see that uh, being a matchup where they would look at it and say, all right, Tegan Knox, we think you're ready. Uh, we got high hopes for you. You could be the one to take that NXT title off Charlotte. It should be Io Shirai. It should be her. It will be Rhea Ripley for the reasons, everything you just said. And in fact, I think it probably should be um, Rhea Ripley on top of that. I think that uh, what you said is is absolutely correct. You know, she got to basically the Brock Lesnar of the women's division in Charlotte. Um, Charlotte is a beast. Charlotte is the queen. She's the, you know, 103-time women's champion. She yeah, she's a standard was, bearer for women's wrestling is. in WWE. Yeah, yeah she, she absolutely is. And, and by the way, she's earned that title. Um, and so, yeah, it, 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 it actually made all the sense in the world for Charlotte to beat Rhea. I just did not figure that they would actually do a title switch and have Charlotte appear on NXT more than the cup of coffee she had during this buildup. So that actually did. That's why I was surprised with that. Um, that being said, I kind of like the story because at this point, there is nobody else that would be uh, that even has a shot. I mean, there isn't like the, you look at the, the ladder match that's going to air tomorrow. They're all amazing participants. Nobody has been built up even close, even close to the level of Rhea Ripley. And right now, this is Rhea and Charlotte. And I think that they're going to tell a story. And I'm hoping, I really do hope that the plan was set in motion for Charlotte to win the title with a plan in place that's going to get Rhea. Because Rhea did not have a good showing at WrestleMania. Like, she came out really strong, but then Charlotte pretty quickly overwhelmed her and and then made her tap out. She made her give up. Yep. Like Charlotte ate the riptide within the first couple minutes and then, and then, you know, got up from it. Mm-hmm. So Rhea does have to go back, reevaluate everything and come back even stronger. And then I think you're making somebody who's even stronger at that point. In the meantime, they've got all that talent, but they're at the B level when it's compared to Charlotte and Rhea. Somebody has to come through either it's mm-hmm. EO Candace or, uh, or like you said, Tegan Knox, who they, yeah, they do seem very high on. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a really, really great story that can be told here with Rhea Ripley. She is so far, see, she so far, she has seemed really adept at reinventing herself a couple times now, and uh, and I, I look forward to seeing what the next reinvention is, where she can finally beat Charlotte. That should be a hell of a match. Yeah. Uh, next, we got a question from Cult of False Realities. Take it away, Cult of False Realities. What's up, Stephen Larson, all the friendos out there? Cult of False Realities back with another match chat question. Now, I'm sorry about the last question. It was a little bit out of date. I did it before the whole Roni thing. But my question this week, as much as I really don't want to help WWE, but it is with the whole drama with CM Punk and WWE, should they try to make a WWE version of CM Punk or basically make Seth Rollins their version of CM Punk? Make it a little bit more edgy, you know, have them be that, have them have that attitude like CM Punk had, you know, the anarchist rage against the machine type of thing, but they could be able to control it. What do you guys think? Too sweet, too good, shoulder lean. Actually, no, no shoulder lean, no touching whatsoever because of this 
Thanks, guys. Thank you, Call to False Realities. Thank you, Call to False Realities. So it's kind of Go funny. Ahead, there was a there's there's been two names mentioned that uh have that I've seen in sort of like and this is going back a ways in the wake of CM Punk leaving and a little bit after that there are two names that I've sort of seen in in two different uh publications or two different articles that said hey this person could be the successor to CM Punk and one of them was in fact Seth Rollins because there were some parallels there um his time on the independence especially cuz Tyler Black was a ring of honor guy and stuff um Seth Rollins was one of them and uh, Alistair Black was the other one and I don't know if it was because he had a lot of tattoos or he had the cool factor or whatever you want. And I saw some, you, you can definitely see some some parallels between the two. But uh, I think Seth is doing such a good job at just being Seth Rollins. Um, I don't think that he really works as guy who tells it like it is. Seth actually works, but if you see his most successfully as a character, Seth works best as kind of this delusion. He's got delusional arrogance. You know, he thinks so highly of himself. He, he does not work as a, as a face. He doesn't really know how to do that. And yeah, no, I mean, he's, he's he works so much better as a guy. I, I just think that Seth Rollins can can so much more easily jump into the character of Seth Rollins than he can just be like, you know, straight shooting guy. Um, I, I don't think a lot of people like what he has to say as straight shooting guy, because if there's one thing that CM Punk wasn't, it was company guy. Yeah. Uh, the problem is Seth is very much company guy. It's and that's well the thing. Company Seth guy. really does bow before the doctrine of the WWE. Yes. And CM Punk never did. Now, he did plenty of business with the WWE, but he was never afraid to say what was on his mind uh, about the WWE. And I always thought that came from a place of, hey, he wants to make this place better but he's just going about it in like a real you know dickish way in his own way yeah. uh but uh but yeah no seth is seth is a very much a, a fan of the wwe and a fan of vince mcmahon and uh and i think that's sort of the major roadblock there yeah it's, uh i mean at this juncture too seth is is too established as seth rollins to let's say he couldn't be uh reinvented or he can't reinvent himself but to say to pitch the character to Vince, oh, I want to be, I want to be the second coming of CM Punk. Mm -mm. As you said about Seth, it doesn't, it doesn't seem seem right now to fit his skill set, um, and more so, uh, he's too established as company guy. That if he comes out and is is all is bucking authority, uh, telling McMahon's to shove it, it's just not going to come off as 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 legit after he's on Twitter uh, uh, harassing or, or, or getting on people about wondering about the process or maybe being critical of WWE. It's not going to work. Mm -hmm, it's just yeah. not going to work. Yeah. Uh, next, got a question from Rich. Friendos, Rich the Smash Bro here on day 484 of quarantine and absolutely nothing to do. So you guys are wrestlers. Who would you guys want to wrestle in a singles match? Who would you guys compete with in a fate or in a triple threat match? And then who would you guys face as a tag team being the greatest tag team of all time? The shit twins. Lame question, but whatever. Got to keep the activity going. Keep going, friendos. We love what you do. Keep it up. Thank you, Rich. Thank you, Rich. All right, so we're wrestlers. We got to have matches. If okay. I wouldn't be in a one-on-one -on -one match against anybody, it's got to be against somebody that's going to make me look great. Okay. Uh, and so it's got to be someone I can step uh, in the ring with who is going to elevate my basically non-existent game as a pro wrestler. Mm-hmm. 
No one does that better than Kazuchika Okada. Yes. Uh, uh, he's one of those guys, you step in the ring with him, he makes everybody better. Mm-hmm. So I want to have a match against Okada uh, because he'll make me look great. Okay. Uh, if I was being a triple threat match, I still want Okada in there mm-hmm. because he's still that good, but the other participant would be you. Oh, crap. Steve versus Larson versus Okada. Okay, all right. Now, if we're uh, shit twins and tag teaming, there's only one team we need to take on. Okay. If we want to earn the the huge dollars. Okay. We get some notoriety for ourselves. Shoot rich. Of course, I'm talking about Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Okay, all right, fair enough. Uh, I'm going to deviate a little bit. I honestly think that if I were to become a pro wrestler, I would find my niche as American Yano. Um, so if I were to have a singles match, it would be against Yano or maybe even Colt Cabana. I'd want a comedy wrestler, or if I got signed to WWE, Otis. I think that I could have a lot of fun having a match with Otis. Uh, as far as a tag team, or no, a triple threat match, uh, it, I would insert myself. Yano and Colt Cabana had a really fun comedy match, I think, during the G1 or something. Uh, wait, was that right? Was it during the G1? Was Colt uh, Cabana in the G1? No. Uh, th- they did have a comedy match. Yeah, I think it was the G1. Okay. All right. Well, regardless, whatever. Uh, they had a comedy match and it was fun. So I'm going to say it'd be with Yano and Colt Cabana. And then the tag team. See, I'm going to go with a different AEW tag team, the current champions, Kenny Omega himself, a really great comedy wrestler, and Hangman Page, whose current gimmick of alcoholic, I think could lend itself to some really fun comedy spots. Yeah. So I'm yeah. going to go with the current AEW tag champs. Good answers. Good answers all. Uh, we got a trio of text questions. First from Tim Morris. Who should Braun's first real feud for the Universal title be? Uh, Bray and Roman could be reign-defining feuds for Braun, but both seem too early, personally. Uh, Tim would like to see uh, Nakamura, as long as it was NXT Shinsuke and not main roster Shinsuke. Ooh. Ooh. So yeah. go ahead, Steve. Man, ah, I don't know about Shinsuke, just because, I don't know. I guess, yeah, if, if they could somehow convince me that Shinsuke had a chance... I don't know. I don't know about that. Uh, you know what the answer is, Steve? Bronze first. It's Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin is going to be his first. Oh, who it's going to be? Yeah, it's going to be. It's going to be Baron Corbin. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense. Could be Sami Zayn, maybe. Well, he stole the thing with uh, Daniel Bryan. Who? Who? Who else? Who else is a big heel on SmackDown? <sighs> I mean, not really anybody else. That's why I figure it's got to be Baron. Big show. Yeah, I guess he could show up. <laughs> well. Yeah, it's going to be Baron Corbin. Yeah. Uh, yeah, probably. But uh, who should it be, though? What, what would you say for who should it be? Well, if, if the thing is they want to uh, give Braun a bit of a reign and don't make him seem like obvious and complete transitional champion, then it should be Baron. Yeah, uh, sure, sure. But take Baron should. out of it. I mean, I want to see I want to see Braun versus Bray as soon as possible. I think there could be some fun stuff there. Mm-hmm. So I'll say I'll say Bray if not if not Baron. Yeah, Goldberg again. No, Goldberg's already used up all his dates for the year. Dwayne Huff has a text question. Also, he says, "Should there uh, should they shoot more matches like Funhouse or Boneyard? Uh, they were the best matches this weekend. Yes, I do think they should Absolutely. do more matches. Like Absolutely, that. And I, mean, I hope they can't I- do it." Sorry, go ahead. No, I, I hope that they've learned that they can and be successful at it. 
I know, and I, but I don't want them to do it too much where they, it gets to the point where it's like, uh, uh, then they, they 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 seem less special. You know what I mean? You have like lower lower mid card boneyard matches, or you have like you know jobber squash matches, but they're pre filmed. I don't know, man. I'd kind of dig that. You just like <laughs> you, like the entrance is like some dudes in his apartment in Orlando. And he's yeah. like, oh, man, I got to go over there. And he, like, goes. And it's just, like, the most normal guy. Well, then, you know, like, someone knocks on the door and just breaks. Let me in. And they have the match. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, one last text question here from Luisa Reza. What are some of the best matches to happen on B-level pay-per-views? Oh, man, he actually mentions the one that I thought was the best. Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens at Battleground 2015. That was, that was, that was like, really the good. WrestleMania match, dude. That was really good. That was really good. Uh, this is what I got. I got three. Uh, number one. Uh, Shawn Michaels versus Mankind in your house, Mind Games. Mind Games, yeah. That's a great match. If, Classic. If you haven't seen it, it's fantastic. Classic. Uh, Triple H versus Dean Ambrose at Roadblock. Oh, that was a really good match. Yeah. Yeah. And then Undertaker against Shawn Michaels at Bad Blood, Hell to Cell, the very first one. What was the first, What was the match where uh, Kevin Owens beat John Cena for the U.S. title? That was... He didn't beat him for the U.S. title. The title wasn't aligned, but he did beat him. Uh, oh, really? That first match where he... Uh, yeah. The U.S. title wasn't on the line. Oh, okay. Was that, that was a really good here. match. His in-ring debut on Sunday night. Oh, Elimination Chamber. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I would give it to that because that was yeah, shocking. Was a great match. And I consider a Elimination match. Chamber a B-level pay-per-view. Definitely is. Definitely is. Mm-hmm. Definitely yeah. is. Anyways, that's it for Matt Chat. Hey, if you want your question answered right here on the show, you can do that. Go to Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. It's a $20 fee, uh, $20 fee the $20 uh, 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 reward tier, and uh, you can send your question in. Uh, thanks for watching, everybody. Till next time, we'll talk to you later. Goodbye. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today.